welcome to the Chiropractic Life Podcast, where I'm delighted to sit down and create a platform for our team members to share their role, where they are now, and their lessons along the way. My name is Dominic Fung, and I'll be your host for today. Hello and welcome to our next podcast. As you've probably figured by the slightly higher register in my voice, this is not indeed Dom but it is Elise here. You've probably met me before. However, we do have Dom here today. Welcome to your own podcast, Dom. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. It's a bit, um, it's a bit weird um, sort of being on this side of the, the, the podcast, if that makes sense. Um, it's very weird being on this end of the podcast. Yeah, also. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I had, had a couple of people to ask to do this, I guess, but um, I, I, I had a really good time with you last time when we did your podcast and um, well, like, well, why not, why not, um, you interview me? So yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. And I've got to say, I'm very excited about your podcast. When these things were happening, I was like, we need Dom to do one. <laughs> uh, I was sort of like thinking through, you know, credentials for your introduction of you know, <laughs> special guests we've got on today. A few sort of things came up, you know, clown of Cairo life, mayor of Catherine. Uh, but I do believe also possibly one of the longest standing chiropractors at Chiropractic Life. Would I be right in saying that? You are correct. Well, I, I guess um, Lockie and Stewie, they started probably a year or maybe six months before I did. Um, and then after that, I, I sort of joined on and it was probably just me, uh, us three for, for, um, for us four, including Adam for a period of time. Um, and yeah, we, we were pretty much, you know, four, you know, four and a half years later, we're still here, and you know, Stewie's still here, and Aaron's still here too. So it's been a, it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah, I bet it was your first gig out of uni, right? It was definitely my first gig out of uni. Yes, I um, definitely finished uni. Yeah, four and a half years ago, and um, I, I think I was pretty lucky to be able to have placement up with Adam uh, during my placement time in in, in um, RMIT University. Um, yeah, and I, I sort of came up here and I was just like a bit taken back about everything that was going on. Um, I didn't think he would offer me a job. Um, but, but, uh, <laughs> me either, honestly, yeah. for me. I was like, he's not hiring me after this. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't think, I actually didn't think he would either, but I, I had such a great time. And he does those GoCoin, um, GoCoin um, donations where you get to see a lot of the public for a GoCoin donation. And that was a, a really awesome experience that I had up here. And when he offered me the job, I, 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 in my head, I was like, I was like, should I be cool about it? Like, should I be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it now. I'll check my schedule. I'll think about it. But yeah, reality is, yeah, I was like, uh, going on for I, I don't know, man. I've got plenty of options to pick from. So, you know, you kind of yeah, got yeah, me, 100%. you know, yeah, yeah. So I was, um, um but yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I sort of saw that as an, a golden opportunity, but it was good. Yeah. For sure. How did you go? Because uh, you grew up in in Melbourne, very different area to Catherine. How did you go about navigating that initial step from, I guess, that known environment of being in Melbourne to suddenly going all the way up to Catherine and starting something as a new grad, but also as in, in a new field and a new yeah. area? That's a good question. It's a really good question. I, I, think, I think just making peace with the fact that um, – I think growing up, I think I, I, everything I did was sort of always very mediocre. And there was nothing wrong with necessarily wrong with that. Uh, if, if I was going to downplay it, I guess um, <laughs> it's, it's, I think when you come from a city and you grew up there, you went to school there, you went to university in, in, in the city as well. It's very easy to get comfortable and, and very easy to get used to the things you were doing back there. You know, I could have yeah. probably could have taken an associateship somewhere down the road from where I lived. Um, totally. And I think the, the, the comfortableness, although it was easy, it, it kind of scared me a bit because I, I almost felt like I had a lot on the line. I mean, looking back, it's not really a lot on the line, like five years of study, a little bit of, of high school, whatever it is. But um, it's scary though. It, it is a bit scary, but I, I just knew that I sort of wanted something a bit different and something a bit more. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm one of those guys that never really, really think into the intrinsic details of every decision I make. Um, but one of the things that I, that I'm very grateful for for a very young age was obviously just knowing that you know life's about choices, and mm. I, I, I made a, I think just making peace of your of, of your choice. I was like, well, I didn't have to go, but I did, and I might as well just make the most of it. And um, yeah, you know, if you're gonna ask me, did I did I have doubts? Fucking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, so many, absolutely, so yeah. many doubts, but. I think as, as you well know, as well, I think when you speak to Adam McKenzie and you, you see him in the flesh, you see him working and running a practice 
and you see his business skills and his people skills, you sort of knew that you're going to be in the right position. Does that make sense? And he's like, if, like if you, if things were going to hit the fan and, and things sucked, um, <laughs> it would be okay. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. you and I were probably similar in how we both started. Cause we both came out of uni. I remember my first call with Adam. He's like, man, like, what's your philosophy? What, how do you want to practice? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I was like, bro, I know nothing. I have, mm. I have nothing. I don't know how I want to do this, what I want to do. Was that sort of what it was like for you as well at the well, beginning? I think I was going to ask you the same question in a way that because we knew nothing and because we didn't grow up with chiropractors as our family members or friends or close family friends or, or, or is in a very tight chiropractic sense. Totally. Um, at the end of uni, you felt a bit lost. Does yeah. that make sense? You felt so lost. Cause you're like, well, I don't really have contacts. I don't really have much networking or anything like that. Um, and, and that crosses your mind when you make a decision on like, if I want to excel yeah. my career, if I want to be really good at chiropractic, I've got to be learning from the people who've done it before. And totally. when you're in placement and you see these things happening and I was talking to people like Scotty Walters very early on, these guys have done it before, but yeah. sense. They've, they've done it all before and they've proven it year in, year out, month by month, day by day, week by week. And I knew that, um, yes, it was scary to, to move out of Melbourne and go to a country town up in the, in the NT, but it was like, I was in a platform where I could probably succeed. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that attitude is probably why you have, honestly, is like aligning yourself with people who have done it and do it well and going, I'm just going to like do that, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. puts you at a really big advantage in a sense, even if you didn't have that same environment growing up as some other people. Yeah. Uh, I think as well, like when you, when you surround yourself with bad people, you, 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 you know, if that makes sense. Like not yeah. that I was, you know, in the bikies or anything like that. Like, <laughs> That's why you clipped me <laughs> earlier. <laughs> That's right. But I, I think like, I think when you do hang out with people who are probably less, have different values from you and, and have different goals and mindsets from you, you sort of get dragged into that as well. Um, mm. And then when you are surrounded with people with really big vision and really big goals, you sort of naturally, it's, it's naturally contagious. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I felt that I really felt that when I was in the NT, I really felt that that energy, and um, and, and that's what, what what made me gravitate to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of like bolsters your own lack of confidence as well when you know that someone else just has that for you at the start mm. in a way, doesn't it? Uh, I'm curious as well. Going from Melbourne up to Catherine, did you need certain things for yourself to keep yourself motivated, but also to like kind of push you on up there because you didn't have that same family and, and all of that around you at the time? That's, that's, a, that's a really good question, actually. Um, I'm going to be really honest. Like, I think I was always really motivated at, at the start in a way. Um, and I, I think I was very lucky, obviously. Um, my, my family is very, very, um, they've always had a really good work ethic, always. Mm. You know, we came from a, a single parent um, from the age of probably 11. Um, my sister's a lot older than me, probably like six, seven years older than me. Okay. And obviously seeing them work really hard and, and, and seeing them sort of be very motivated all the time, it, it sort of kind of transferred that into my work ethic, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the, the, the actual putting in the work wasn't the hardest thing, if that makes sense, because I put in a lot of work, sometimes really bad work, <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, made a lot of mistakes, said stuff I probably shouldn't have said, did stuff I probably shouldn't have done, and all, all that crazy stuff. Um, but I think the biggest, the biggest uh, growth platform for me of, of what you're alluding to is obviously um, knowing, blocking out the noise, if that makes sense, and, 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 yeah. and making peace with the fact that this is the decisions that I've made. I've made a choice. Life's about choices, and I've made that choice. Mm. I might as well embrace that. You know, I think. I think when I, when I left it, no one was unsupportive. No one was like, why are you doing that, bro? You know, but most people, some people were thinking that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and totally. Some, and, some, and some people were probably thinking that this is going to last six months. It's going to go up there and probably hate it and come back. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think if you, if you go about your life sort of like thinking about all these noises and, and, and everyone's sort of in your ear, even though they're not saying it to you personally, you're actually kind of just, um, you know, self-destructing yourself in a way. I think that mm. was the biggest thing for me was like Melbourne, the city life, it's fucking noisy. If that yeah. makes sense. It's always something going on. And, and especially with social media, everyone's out of festivals. Everyone's out of picnics. Everyone's at the beach. Everyone's doing yeah. stuff all the time. And yeah, I yeah. think 
at the very start, it was pretty much just being like, I've made this choice to go. I'm going to miss out on a fair bit of things, yeah. um, but I'm okay with that. Totally. So then that allowed me to really focus on work and really focus on what really mattered to me, which was running this practice, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think even as like being your friend through that journey, I've seen you get really good at just blocking that out. And there's even been times where I've messaged you being like, oh, you know, all of this is going on. And you're just like, Elise, like yeah. <laughs> and very bluntly yeah. tell me to kind of recenter myself. Is that something that's been acquired for you being up there? Or do you think that's a skill that you've sort of always kind of had and it's just developed? Both. Both. both? Yeah, I think both. I think um, growing up, and this is a very egotistical thing to say, I Go was not really, <laughs> there was a lot of things I wasn't very good at. And there's a lot of things now that I'm not very good at either, if that makes sense. And I've always, um, in a way, made be okay with that, if that sort of makes sense. It was mm. one of those things where it was like, I know I'm not good at basketball. I'm not, I'm not the most academic person. I know I'm not sporty or fit or anything like that. Um, so growing up, I didn't, I didn't really put that much pressure on myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then the, the two things from that was that I was always really motivated to find something that I really was something that I could potentially be good at, but also was yeah. passionate about and something I could learn and grow from. Um, not a lot of things interest me that much growing up, if that makes sense. I wasn't the tech person. I wasn't the sporty person. I wasn't, you know, like it, it, people always have that sort of niche growing up. I never had that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then finding out that running a practice, being a chiropractor, I was like, I actually really enjoy this and I'm actually really passionate about it, if that makes sense. And very good at it. I appreciate that. But yeah. I think a bit of both. I think um, the good thing about being away in the NT was that if things were going on and people were saying stuff, there was fuck all I could do about it. There's nothing to yeah. do about it. I'm away. Yeah. If that makes sense. If I want to go to this person's party, I want to go to this music festival, whatever it is, I couldn't physically go. And yeah. I think that was a really good catalyst on, on making me appreciate and admire things that actually mattered. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you touched a bit on there about sort of motivation, I guess. Uh, I imagine you would have had to have some motivator initially going up to Catherine and something that was driving you then. But I also imagine that that's sort of changed and evolved for you. I'm interested in knowing sort of what those things were and how they have sort of ended up evolving for you. The, the evolving factor from the start was obviously just getting, getting, getting in a position where I could, could better myself. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I started my career, I think, you know, when we were at student clinic or whatever it was, you know, seeing 10 people a week was just something that was so, you're so proud of that, if that makes sense. And then, you I know, that I was one of the ones that saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. <laughs> Ultrasound. And, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. Anyways, we'll go there. Yeah. I think at the start, the motivating factor was obviously just making sure that I was the best chiropractor that I could possibly business is always, always really, um, um, uh, I guess been an interest in my head. If that makes sense. I was reading a lot of books before, before we, uh, I went to the NT of stuff like mindset by Carolyn Dweck. I read chapter one by that, um, the water bottle company that was just like so irrelevant to what I was doing, but it just like business was always something yeah. that was really interesting to me, if that makes sense. And, and, and if in my head, I fantasize that as being very fun. Mm -hmm. And then when I was actually in it and doing it by myself, sort of, um, it was fun, if that makes sense. And it was yeah. really addictive and it was really good. And it was just like that ability to be able to run a practice and influence a community all purely by being you and working yeah. hard at it and learning from your mistakes was very exciting for me. So, um, and the second part of your question was obviously how that changed along the way. Balance, man, you know, balance, you know, the first couple of years up here was hard. I didn't have any friends. I, I didn't know anyone. Um, I had like a single bed in my bedroom that I have right now for like a month before I started earning some money. Um, and the balance <laughs> part of it was just like, how do I do what I do, but still enjoy the things that, that is outside of the practice or outside of the business. And that was a, that was a big motivator for me, especially now where, you know, you know, you've been in a practice for a long period of time. Yeah. You understand how it works and how you can sustain that. Um, and then when you have your off time, it's fun. Yeah. You know, you go out and you do shit, you know, you go out and you garden. You fucking, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that is, a, yeah. a, that's how it evolved. You know, that's when you know you're growing up as well. Yeah. And it takes you a while to figure that out. Doesn't it? That balance. Like you sometimes think you're striking it perfectly 
and then suddenly you kind of burn out. And then other times you like think you're striking it perfectly and you're like, why are my numbers dropping? But yeah. how did you go about kind of figuring out a, that you needed that balance, but how did you go about getting it? Like I was saying before, like I, I was never really good at many things. I didn't have many interests that I was into, you know, I wasn't like, I was really so into cars. <laughs> like, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of the truth. And I think the, the, the most challenging part of being in Catherine wasn't running the practice. I actually really enjoyed that, that part. Mm. Part of that was searching things that I actually like, you know, yep. like there was so many, you meet so many people, just practice them as friends, family, where they're into things that they're really interested in. Maybe it's music, maybe it's sport, maybe it's something like that. Um, and, and for me, the hardest part was the searching part, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, you almost felt like you had something to lose when you try something. You're like, oh, I've yeah. never done it before, but I can't be fucked trying either because what if it's shit? What if I embarrass myself? <laughs> yeah, what if, what if I'm really bad at it and I hate it? But yeah. everything, every time I've searched for a few things or every time I've tried something different, it was, I was always better for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that is very intriguing to me is because I actually was speaking to a friend recently that I had lost contact with after school. They moved to Catherine and uh, <laughs> yep. we reunited a while back and we were sort of chatting and he's never seen a chiropractor, but he's like, Oh, so you're a chiropractor. Yeah. There's two chiropractors up in Catherine. There's this one guy. And then there's this other guy who's Asian. Everyone loves him. I hear he's amazing, <laughs> which is oh. pretty unreal for you to have a reputation like that in a place that you didn't grow up in and that you haven't spent a lot of time prior to working in. How did you go about becoming someone that's, uh, I got that kind of rapport with people where they talk about you that way, but also becoming sort of integrated in that community and getting to know people that way as well. A couple of things. Number one, I think the best advice I want to give to anyone who's, who's thinking about moving to a country town or going out their comfort zone or being in a place where they've never been before. The best advice I have for them is obviously never think, never, never think of the worst case scenario. I had mm. so many worst case scenario when I came up here. I was like, okay, number one, I know I'm an Asian bloke in this small country town. Will there be racism? And you know what, like, and it's a very fair thing to assume, if that yeah. makes sense, a very fair thing to assume. And I never, I would never judge anyone that ever would think that because I thought that for sure. Yeah. I but, mean, it's similar with sexism or like being a small female or you have that kind of self-perception I think that so. you get worried I, about, don't you? You do. And it carries over that. And you almost feel like before you even meet them, you're already assuming what they would think of you. Mm. And I think... Um, to be able to build a, a reputation and stuff. And I think the beauty of around running a business or being in the free market is that it doesn't really, for me personally, now that I, I see it that way, is that it doesn't really matter where you come from, who you are or what it is. Just taking responsibility for the fact that you're there and you're servicing that community, loving everyone, mm-hmm. giving everyone uh, the respect that, that you want to have, the, the, the respect that they should give to you, respect them the same way treat others how you want to be treated and actually really care about what you do. You're going to get yeah. all that back. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are. It really doesn't. And um, for me to build that reputation was just being able to, to, to care for people, listen to what they have to say and try to walk them through a, a, um, a, a process or a system that allows them to be the best self. If that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Making people, making people feel heard. Um, and understanding where they're coming from and never judging them because you know what it feels like to judge yourself um, yeah. is, is so important because especially in a small tight-knit town, word travels quick and mm-hmm. everyone's got each other's back and everyone's in people's business. So just be the best yeah. person you can is, is the best thing. Um, another way of good, good reputation is obviously just working. If that makes sense, like, yeah. uh, like I'll, I'm not, I'm not here for a six month swing where I can, you know, fly in, fly out. Like I'm here to stay. Like Catherine yeah. is my home, and I'm gonna treat it as my home, and I'm gonna treat mm-hmm. everyone like my family. That's yeah. really important because that stuff is like super transparent. If that makes sense, like you can be yeah. the best salesperson ever, you can be the best chiropractor ever, but your heart is not in the right place. People will know. They do know, don't they? And I've found that too as well on the days where you're just going through the motions and you're mm. just saying what you know you need to say as opposed to the times where you're like, man, I really want the best for this person and yeah, I man. hope I can help them get it. I think that translates so well. And yes. just being genuine is something that you do, I think, really well as well. The, the, the other thing that I've really learned from as well with, with reputation is time and patience, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. 
it's going to take some time for you to gain trust. It's going to take some time for you to gain relationships. Does that make sense? A person going yeah. out for six months, as opposed to a person going out for four years, there's going to be a different trust and rapport system there. If that makes sense, your father, yeah. uh, I mean, your, 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 your mother, your sister, it's going to be different from a person you met at uni. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like re- relationship rapport takes time. It really does. And never beat yourself up. If you've, you've rubbed up someone up the wrong way, you've offended someone, it takes time because it will blow over and it's not mm-hmm. the last chance. If that makes sense. You know, I've seen some people where they didn't really like what I was about. You know, they didn't like how I said that thing. They were offended by what I said, whatever it is. Or they didn't like how I, how I did my chiropractic services. But yeah. the reality of it is, is, it's just like take time, repetition, and, and just trust the process along the way because it's not going to happen overnight. Like, you, mm. know, you think that the, your initial consultation and your report of findings, you're going to get them straight away and they're going to trust you and they're going to be, you know, all in and all that kind of stuff. And the reality of it is, it's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately true. Yeah, it's not how it works. Yeah. Like, I mean, but like every time you get into practice and you meet someone, it should be a goal because you get that person who will never smile at you and you hmm. always give yourself a challenge. Like, okay, how do I get this person smiling or laughing or, or, or anything to, to appreciate that what I'm here, um, that I'm here for them it takes time, man. It might take one adjustment. It might take fucking 60 adjustments. Who knows? But yeah. yeah. Patience is time. Super important. And you know, when you set yourself up in a place and you put your heart into it and you're like, I'm going to be here for a couple of years at least. I'm going to be here for five years, 10 years, whatever it is. I'm actually going to be mm. here and set it up. I think that is, is, is what gets people over the line as well and get you yeah, trusted huge. in Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember having a brief conversation about sort of this stuff when we first started as well, well when I first started, I should say, but uh, I think with a lot of people in the company sort of talk about them and there's that one thing that they do really well and they're kind of known for doing that thing really well. I believe yep. yours was screenings. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but being, being real, one thing that I think you're known for being really good at is that connection with the people that are in there, but also retention really, which are probably hand in hand because I guess if someone does trust you, they're going to stick around. Uh, aside from that, that time and, and patience level, are there things that you do in practice on a day-to-day that really build that and that have helped you with that in that process? I'm putting the people first is the mm. main thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. In order to educate someone, in order to, to give people direction, you've got to make them feel heard. You know, yeah. I, think, I think it's hard sometimes. It's a hard balance because when you're running a practice by yourself, you're running a business by yourself, it is all me, 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 me. Yeah. Mm. Every time I fail or every time I make a mistake, it's on me. Every achievement I have, it's on me. And I think just having that balance between, yes, it's all going to pay off and it's all going to really, you know, correlate to, yes, the value that I give out, I'm going to get back, if that makes sense, whether yeah. it's a finance thing or whether it's a fulfillment thing on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, mm. um, always put the practice member first. Yeah. yeah know your buyers, know the people that come through your, your door and, and really, really have to listen to what they have to say and, and untap why they're there, why they chose you. And we have a, we have a really good platform to do that because, mm. you know, unfortunately chiropractic is like their last resort. It's definitely not their first. Yeah. It's definitely not their second or third, you know, it's their fourth, fifth, their last result resort. So, yeah. you know, you have that platform where people are vulnerable anyway, but they're choosing you because they've, they, they've tried everything else and it didn't fucking work. It didn't work. Yep. So yep. it's your job to be able to untap why they're there, you know, and, and this is where the goals are really important because yes, they're coming in. We, we've had people coming in with headaches and neck pain and lower back issues. We hear this all the time. Yeah. Um, Disbulge down the leg, whatever it is on a day-to-day basis, we get that all the time, but finding out what that is actually stopping them from doing is the yep. main thing. If that makes sense. Now, Freddie, might just want to, you know, lift his grandkid. That's all he wants to do. And then that's really, really, you know, breaking his heart that he can't do that. And he's coming to you because he wants that to happen. It's your job to be able to understand that this is your goal. All right. Well, how do we get you there to be able to, for you to do that? Sally might run a barbershop and she needs to work. Otherwise she doesn't get paid or she can't feed her family. For example, that makes sense. So untapping that and and going deep um, is really important because, um, that's going to give you a really good platform to be able to play. Cause so they're here for a reason. What can I do to help them get there? And when yeah. you make it more about them, less about chiropractic is the best thing in the world. Yeah. What I'm you the best thing. yeah 
Like, I'm the best thing in the world. You're here. For, I don't even care why you're here. I'm the bee's knees. It's going to work. <laughs> like, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you yeah. untap that and, and really get to know your people, that's what gets you good retention. That's what gets you really good internal referrals. That's what gets you sustaining a really good practice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing that, so you're in a high volume scenario. <laughs> The question I have, because I can connect to people, but I can't do it efficiently. How do you go about connecting someone and keeping them tied to those goals and what's important to them in a way that also keeps you on time? Um, uh, pre-framing. Yeah. You know, like when, when we do uh, initial consultation, that's the investigation part. Why is someone there? Well, why do they choose you? There's an infinite amount of things they could be doing right now, but they choose to come and see you. Yeah. Mm. You ever think about that? Like I, I think about that all the time and that like blows my mind. Like there is an yeah. infinite amount of things people can be spending their money on and using their time, but they choose to come and hang out with you. Yeah. Like that's special. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you're not, if, if you're not going into your initial consultation thinking that way, like fuck, like you should be, if that makes yeah. sense, because they could be choosing the other chiropractor down the road, the physio, the doctor, they could choose anyone. Yeah. But yeah. they choose to come see you. So the first initial consultation is really important because it's just like, okay, they're here for a reason and it's my job to find out why. Yeah. yeah. Once I find out why, let's think about what, what is going on. What's the underlying um, issue? What's going on in their spine? What's going on with their nervous system? What do I need to do to actually get them back on track? Yeah. And then once you find that out, the report of findings is where you can be really efficient with your time in terms of pre-framing everything. Be like, yeah. hey, Sally, you came in and you told me that you're dealing with lower back pain. And it's been going on for a couple of years and stopping you from doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Can't, can't play with grandkids. Can't do the gardening and you can't get on the ride on mower, for example. Yeah. Um, now I, I I've listened to what you said and, and, and what I've found is very consistent of exactly what you told me. So then your report of finding is then related to what they're telling you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Like how is a penny study, you know, eight out of 12 joints not moving affected in their life. How is the loss of cervical curve affected in their life from a day-to-day basis? And you need to be actively telling them this because if they're not understanding why all these things are uh, an issue, then, then they're not going to care. Does that make For sense? Sure. For sure. And then just being upfront at the start. I think we, 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 the hardest thing about running a business and obviously being not on time and not being efficient with it <laughs> is not being upfront with exactly what needs to be done for them to get to where they are. Yeah. Absolutely. At the, the, at the end of the report of findings, it's like, this is going to take this long. This is what we need to do because of X, Y, Z. This is how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And this is how the, the consoles are going to go from a day-to-day basis every time you come in. And at the yeah. end, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to stop and we're going to do a progress exam or comparative where we talk about the things you told us. And if you're hitting those goals. For sure. Does that make sense? So, so then, so then they, 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 when they come in, they're not wasting your time in terms of like asking you this, asking you that, because you've already answered all those questions. Yeah. That makes sense. Objective handling can be done really well at the very start so they can avoid it along the way. Yeah. No, does that answer awesome. your question? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, it does for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm interested to know as well is because I, I find sometimes you can, you can go so strong out of the gates and then somewhere along the track, the further they get from that day one, day two, they sometimes forget why they're there or they forget where that value lies if we're not doing our job along the way as well. And how do you, in that day-to-day, week-to-week, continue to add that value in that same way that's also efficient and doesn't kind of um, blow out time-wise? Uh, like, awesome question. Three things I do, and I'm not sure if it's the best thing ever, you know, like I've only been in practice for four, you know, four and a half years. Three things I do. Number one, table talk's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relating to the table talk in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing things and relating that to their day-to-day life is a really good reminder on why they're coming. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like, okay, well, you know, let's get that cleared up for you. Let's get this adjusted. So then you can go on and, and, and do this assignment properly. Yeah. I know it's report. I know it's report writing season. And that's one of the concerns that you have at the start. Let's get your next order. Let's get it moving. So then you can go on with that without any issues. Yeah. So then they know that they're there for a reason. They're always there for a reason. And then that, and that, that affects how they're going. Like if they can't do their reports efficiently, they let everyone down. And that ends your job to understand what they're doing and why they're there is actually going to benefit them on an everyday level. Yeah. And, and number two as well, like, and always, I know this is like a really hard thing to do sometimes, but like just 
making it a big deal that their life is full of stress all the time. Yeah. That makes sense. If you're a mother and you're a teacher and you're writing reports, you have to deal with your kids, you have to pick up the kids, do all the kind of stuff on the weekends. It's stressful. You know, <laughs> like, 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 and, and like humans, we learn to live with that shit. If that makes sense, we're like, oh, it's just life. It's like, yeah, yeah it is life. hundred percent. Like hundred percent. It is life. But guess what? It is stress. You know, yeah. like, it, like, like Sally, when was the last time you did something for yourself? She'll say, this is it. <laughs> adjusted, yeah. And this is yeah. the only fucking thing I do for myself right now. If that yes. makes sense. So then when yeah. you remind them of that and you're reminding them that the choice they've made on a really heavily loaded care plan is the right choice and how that's going to be affecting their everyday life and getting them functioning and living their full expression. That is the most mm. efficient way and the best education tool you have for your people. Um, the second thing I do as well is obviously getting them excited, man. You know, you, 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 you've seen someone for 12 weeks and they're about to get a re-x-ray. You got to go, Sally, in two weeks' time, you're going to get a re-x-ray. I'm so excited, man. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to see how we're going. You do, how, How's the dinner roll going? Yeah, let's get you doing that dinner roll all the time now. You got two weeks to go and we're going to do another re-x-ray. We're going to pair it to when you first came in. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm so excited. So that means that when they get lost, they have direction. Yeah. They know where they know where they're heading, if that makes sense. Because if they're lost and you don't remind them of what's actually coming, they start to have a bit of a, a bit of a thing, which I hate to say, and it bothers me, of product confusion. Yeah. Yeah. So that that loss of clarity is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Because you and me are very similar in a way. People don't drop out because they hate us. If that makes sense. No. We treat people with respect. We love people like we would love our own sister, our own mother, our own brother, our own father. But yep. they do drop out when they're confused on why they're there. If that makes sense. They're like, I don't really understand why mm. I keep having to come in. So, yep. And that's, that's entirely on us. We can be the yeah, best adjuster ever. We can be, but just like critiquing your skills to make sure you're reminding them on why what they're doing actually benefits them. Yeah, no, that's that's huge there. And it's, it's a tricky thing to do as well sometimes because you feel like you're a skipping record, but you also need to give them that information a few times for them to get it and understand yeah. it. It's not just a one and done type of thing really, is it? Well, Scotty Walters, what a great man he is. Oh, um, okay. He gave me one of the best advice I had early on because I, I sort of said the same thing as you. It was kind of like, I'm fucking sick of, of like telling people the same thing each visit. And he's like, why? Why is it? It's like, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. I feel like I'm just saying the same thing all the time. And I feel like it's not adding any value. And he was like to me, Dom, guess what? When they walk out of your practice, how many people do you think is telling them to go see the chiropractor every week? They're, they're hearing the exact opposite of what you're, you're telling them from every single person when they walk out of your four walls every day, every single day. And it might be from a stranger. It might be from a friend. It might be from their husband. It might be from their mother or father. What they're hearing on our paradigm of health is going to be exact opposite of what you're telling them on a day to day on like a, a visit to visit thing. So guess what? Keep saying what you're saying and don't feel bad about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, poor Scotty has definitely had to tell me a few, a few things a few times. <laughs> like, you've done your BRF yet, man. This is the sixth time I've told you. Um, probably oh, similar with screenings for you, I imagine. Oh, both. 100% both. 100% both. But I think you get what, yeah. I, what, I, what I'm sort of alluding to. Like, um, yeah, I, I think you get better at, at it. But just recognizing what you're sort of bad at is really important. If that makes sense, like just having a bit of humility and just, just being a bit humble that like, Oh, well, you know, I'm doing well, but what is, what is there that I could do better? The concept of being bad at something is also something I wanted to bring up. Cool. Uh, is Let's there something that you felt you did not do well at, at the start? Oh. How have you, <laughs> yeah, I know. Big, oh big question there. But how have you cultivated those areas and what have you done to sort of combat that? Um, my personality is, is, is a... Terrible, isn't is, it? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, my personality is that I, I sometimes don't have a filter. Hmm. I, just, I, I just sort of just say stuff that comes out of my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, whether it's, it's a bad <laughs> thing. And I think... Well, that's a really broad question in a way that what were you bad at? A lot of things, yeah. a, lot, a lot of things. Okay. Um, um, 
let, let, let's do three things that four things that I was really bad at at the start. First one, definitely communication. Yeah, I, I was more interested in talking about the weather, how their grass is going, what their sister's up to, what, what, what their dog walk is doing, all that kind of stuff. I was really, really bad at communication in a way that I was almost, in a way, scared to tell them the chiropractic message. Mm-hmm. The reason why I was scared of telling them the chiropractic message is because, number one, and this is on a personal view, I felt like it was a bit too sales sleazy. If that makes yeah. sense. I felt like I was just a bit too sleazy with how I do my things. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, and, and the biggest one was that I was afraid of, of how they would respond. If that makes sense. When you yeah. hear something that you haven't heard before, it can be a bit overwhelming. It can be a bit confronting. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, oh, I don't want to put them in that, that position. But I mean, I sort of learned on a, on a long-term point of view, and like you were saying before, that if my communication and my education wasn't the best at the start, I would fall behind so quickly. And I physically could not grow my practice without having to work until 8.30 at night. Yeah. And guess what? That's what I did at the start. Of the, at the start. Like I was seeing the same numbers that I was now doing six days a week. I was working Saturdays, literally <laughs> six days a week. And I was seeing like no more than most people in car life right now. Mm. And that was because my skills, my communication was horrible. It was absolutely terrible. And I'm more than happy to say that. And it's still not that great, honestly, not that great. But it's, it's a barrier of being able to like, how do I improve myself so then I can actually live a life where I don't have to work six days a week and yeah. myself out every week. You know, like I, I work Saturday, I come home and then I have one night to myself and then Sunday I was worried about Monday. Does yeah. that make sense? So I, I think it was a blessing in disguise of how many hours I was doing because it gave me a bit of clarity on, on, on the life that I wanted to live, but it also mm-hmm. forced me to learn, learn better skills. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, for sure. Hey, like, hey, bro, you don't have to talk to them about the weather, okay? They live in Catherine. They know what it was like over the weekend. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, no. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things as well when you do have a big personality. There's a lot of people at the start that kind of want to marry you off to their son or their daughter, but they don't want to take recommendations from you. It's sort of yes. that differentiation yep. you have to make of like that personal rapport versus I'm someone you should listen to and yep. developing that side of it how do you feel you did that practically over those opening months when you started i i i I don't think i did it practically honestly yeah you know i was i was blessed in a way that people um really enjoyed my company Mm. um and really enjoyed being in the practice because i guess i was you know you know pretty easy to talk to and i was nice and you know but it's not about being liked it's about being respected yeah absolutely and i think um, I had to really learn that the hard way because a lot of people were dropping out and I would scratch my head and be like, well, why aren't they coming back? Like, what mm. am I doing wrong? And the reality of it was that they just didn't really respect what I did. They liked me. They never said a bad word about me in terms of like, you know, he was a bad bloke or he was he was mm. careless. He, was, he wasn't listening to what I was saying. I was doing all those things. It was just like, I wasn't very assertive on terms of, of, of what my job was. My job is yeah. to get people smashing their goals Gain them better and living their life at the fullest expression. That's my job, you know, yeah. caring for them, gain them there. And I wasn't doing that. And uh, I think sometimes um, people may not like it, but you have to have the hard conversation with people and be like, this is what it takes. If you're in, you're in. And yeah. if, we're, if we're going to do this properly, we have to do it properly. Otherwise, it's not going to work and it's just a waste. And that's mm-hmm. the, one of the things that I had to learn the big time was that. I was, I, 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 people were wasting their time. They're wasting their money because I wasn't actually getting them um, results. Yep. So those are the biggest skills that I had to sort of to, to deal with. Obviously adjusting and all that kind of stuff was a big one. Um, and, and just running a business. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a different ball game. You know, you can be the most skillful person, the most educated person, have best rapport. But if you don't, have, don't know how to run a business and make it profitable, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be here today. If, if, if the Catherine practice was not, profitable, I would not be here till now, Yeah, which wouldn't work because no one wins out of that. The community doesn't win. The business owner doesn't win. And definitely I don't win. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, that was a big learning curve for me. And um, I found that really exciting for business. The idea of, you know, something needing to be in it for you, I think is important too, because yeah. you know, obviously you need your own personal motivators to have along the way. Yeah. Uh, what, have been the big things for you in your life where that's been important and where you've been able to find value in your own life because of what you do? I think we should probably talk about the money side of things as well. 
Probably. As a thing, because money money is what keeps everything going, pays your bills mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the biggest motivator, I guess the, the, to answer your question, it's one of the, the biggest things was obviously, my personal thing was obviously being able to be in a position where I can give back to the people that matter the most. You mm. know, I, uh, I think I came from a family where it was very small, which is me, my mom and my sister. And I see, um, I see my mother obviously working crazy hours, two jobs, jobs that she didn't really like just to put food on the table. And it was the best thing for me, if that makes sense. Mm. We never had, we never got what we wanted. We got everything yeah. that we needed. It was yeah. the best thing for me to see that from a very early age. And the reason why it was the best thing for me to, to see it was obviously just knowing that if you work hard enough, you're able to provide for the people that matters the most. And that is this really special feeling. Like we didn't have everything, but mum made it work. She always yeah. made it work. There was always food on the table. I was always at school. It, it always worked. Yeah. And one of the biggest thing for that was that I, w- I was extremely grateful for that only because I think when you know you made it, 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 it's not about the finance. It's not about the fucking money. It's not about the end of that. It's being able to tell your mom that everything that you've done in my, in your life, the sacrifice you've made was purely because you wanted me to have opportunities that you never had. Yeah. And calling her up and being like, mom, guess what? <laughs> uh, there's an opportunity and I fucking took it and I'm doing this. Mm. And here's something just to say thank you to you is, um, is a big, big value in my life, if that makes sense. And I want to translate that into the next generation. If I ever have kids or anything like that, it was just being able to be like, if you put your hard work into something, you will make it. Like yeah. there's no, there's no doubt. Like you will definitely make it. Um, so that's, that's always been a big value of mine, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you mind expanding on what that was a little bit, the ways that you were able to sort of, have that conversation and what that resulted in as well. What do you mean with, with my mum? With your mum, yeah. I, I, I sort of just rang her up and just said, look, obviously it's, it's obviously she, if she could see me every day, she, she would, if that mm. makes sense. She would yeah. definitely, you know, she loves, um, I think when, when I first left, like she sent me a message being like, oh, I'd come home from work and I'd be like, Hey Dom. And realize you weren't there. <laughs> I'm not sure where she, I was like, well, you got confused there. Like I've been away. Why are mom's so cute though? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I think just being super transparent, you know, she's always been really supportive of me in a way. Um, yeah. we, we have a really a big dynamic in a way that was, my sister was always a, a golden child, straight A's, always did things uh, by the book, always really, you know, I was a bit of a dickhead. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, growing up, like she she has countless yeah, I don't know if I can she, say that. <laughs> <laughs> she has count, countless nights where she's worried about me or thinking like, fuck, he's probably killed him. Like he's probably done yeah, something yeah. stupid and he's probably dead or something like that. She never had that worry with my sister, but it's just a nice feeling being able to just be like, mom, like, you know, what I'm doing is actually for something. Um, what I'm a part of is is bigger than myself. And and where I'm heading is is, is only going to benefit me and, and our family. So, and I think that's enough for her to be like, we have a good, good night's sleep at night. So um, she's, um, yeah, she's, she, I think I was very lucky in that way, being able to experience that, if that makes sense. When you're in a high household where you know that people are working hard to make sure that you don't end up on the streets, um, I think that's a, that's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah. It's a special thing to be able to give them back a bit of a reward on some of the things that you know they sacrificed for you as well. Yes. Yeah. Especially realistically in that monetary sense. I grew up yeah. in a similar environment where we weren't that, you know, affluent. We didn't really have a lot. And being yes. able to have at least some means to kind of give back to them and be like, thank you for what you've done. This yeah. is something you can have. This is something you can enjoy. It's yeah. really special, isn't it? Well, so special. It grounds you. That makes yeah. sense. It grounds you. Like it, every time I'm having a bad day, every time when shit gets hard or someone tells me I'm a dickhead or something like that, or practice members being hard or whatever it is. Adam McKenzie calls you up and tells you to do this and that stuff. It can't be that bad because you, you, you it, it, all the things that you've experienced in your life, it reminds you where you come from. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It, it really definitely. gives you that bite of that humble pie. And it's like, well, this is where I came from. And yeah, a lot of my years, especially at the, at the at the start of my years, like you know, being from a single parent, I was always really, really ashamed of it. If that makes sense, it almost mm-hmm. felt like it was embarrassed. I was almost embarrassed by telling people that, you know. And um, 
it was a really nice feeling to be able to be like, this is where it came from. It's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect, but man, like I've gotten so much out of it. You know, like yeah. what, what you've done for me, mum, like is, is more than I ever deserve ever. Yeah. And, and, and I'm always eternally grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's so special there. Hey, uh, what are the ways that you think that that has influenced you and how you practice now? Like that, upbringing are there particular ways that you find you're um, got an advantage in a sense I, w- I would call it an advantage I, I think it's just it's just how I like to, to, to live my life if that makes sense it's just like yeah. um help as many people as you can um because you, you're going to get a lot of that back mm. uh, and also just being empathetic about people that come in you know people that come in they're difficult they are moaning, they're whinging, they're sulking, they are a bit aggressive towards you. Like that, that, that that's for a reason. Yeah. That makes sense. Like it's, it's not like they're coming out there to, to ruin your day on purpose because they don't know you. <laughs> that makes sense. Like they, they don't yeah. know. Like what do they have to benefit from doing that? Honestly, look, there is probably 1% that probably do do that. But <laughs> most of the time, if I want to be really honest, it's, it's being able to understand that yes, the struggle is real. And, and, but it's, it can be temporary. Yeah. So when people come in, they whinge about this and they're being difficult and all that kind of stuff. The advantage of that is just being extremely empathetic. It's like, dude, I, I kind of understand where you're coming at. Does that yep. make sense? Like you're not being the nicest person to me. You're not giving me <laughs> the best positive energy right now, but no matter what, like I'm still here to help you. Like yep. I, I, I want to help you and I can help you. And let's work together to make sure that you're hitting your goals and you gain to where you want to be. And yep. that's like the best, the best thing to be able to make a good practice to have a good reputation and to, and to making sure that you're doing your job properly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, what are some of the most rewarding experiences that you've had along the way because of that? Both, I guess, practice wise and personally wise. Um, I mean, this Another is very selfish. Question. This is very, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's going to be very selfish um, answer. <laughs> You're allowed to but, be selfish. <laughs> um, but the most rewarding thing is obviously just 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 going into practice and enjoying yourself and being with your family and, and making sure that your CA, your, the, your practice members, whether you like them, or like, whether they give you the best energies or not, they're still part of the family. Yeah. It's like that, that special feeling of knowing that every person that walks through the door, you just want to make sure that they leave a better person and that yeah. you have this beautiful relationship with the people that come see you, if that makes sense. Um. And, and I guess that the biggest rewarding thing is, is, is honestly, if I want to be really honest, it's, it's these relationships that we have within chiropractic life, mm. you know, like we, we are a little bit of a family, aren't we? Like it's, it's yeah. really great to see how much we talk and how much we can be vulnerable and be like, Hey, like, Hey, Elise, I'm having a fucking shit day. Like, what's up? Can we talk? Mm. Or, you know, you tell me this is what's going on and we can have a really good conversation and have that support. Like, I think, you know, Four and a half years ago, when I when I decided to come to the co- the, the, the company, I was really uh, yeah I was really scared and had doubts. But like you know, flashback to where I am now, like it's 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 so nice to be a part of a, a group that is 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 fairly close. If that makes yeah. sense, like it's, it's great, it's so great, and we can talk shit. You know, we can send send each other a weird Snapchat about practice and do a video. <laughs> we can talk about real, you know, we can talk about real stuff that really made us that was really like hurting us or when we're struggling, we can talk about things that made us happy. We talk about yep. things that, that is just purely funny. Like I think that sure. is something I'm, I'm really proud of. Like being a part of something a lot larger than yourself, special. You can't, you can't put a price on that. A hundred percent. And yeah. having so many like-minded people that mm. have gone through similar things, but also are happy to talk through how they got through those similar things is Really powerful too. And I think like I've sent you so many Snapchats late at night having a <laughs> cheeky mentee B and you've just, <laughs> you know, you're able to kind of be like, yeah, I've been there. That's fine. This is what I did. This is how I got through it. And that's pretty special. I don't think a lot of places probably have that. Is that, is that honesty? If that makes sense? Mm. Look, at the very start, I think we were, I mean, for, for, especially for you and me, we, we always we always wanted to eliminate ego or no matter what it was, it wasn't like I'm better than you. You're better than me. La, la, la. It was never like that ever. We just wanted yeah. what was best for each other. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a, that's a relationship that it's going to be very hard to replace ever. If that makes sense. Yeah. And we, we, it's not just me and you, it's, it's a lot of people that within the company as well. You know, those yeah. relationships are, are not a privilege because you live in chiropractic life. It's something that it's earned. Yeah. 
Totally, totally. Yeah. This is a bit of a, a classic question, but <laughs> if you we were to at this point now look back at you when you first started or someone who is about to start or starting, what would be the number one advice that you would give yourself or that person? Um, number one advice I would give myself. Um, oh, put the work in is the big one. Mm. Um, every day that you're out of practice, start building on yourself and your emotional IQ. That's a really big one. Yeah. Um, always ground yourself and uh, remind yourself on where you come from and why you made the choice you made and, and be really good at making peace with things that go on in your life, yeah. you know, cause it's not all going to be good. Um, it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies definitely along the way. Um, but make peace with that. If that makes sense. Not everything yeah. you hear say or do is going to be a good thing. Um, and once you make peace with all those things, you can start to learn from your mistakes and you start to be a better person, not just as a better chiropractor, but also just be a better, better dom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the last piece of advice I would give it to anyone that finished uni, just go and do it. Mm. Like if you got nothing to lose, generally have nothing to lose. Okay. Like we come from a family where we're just like, we don't really have much, but if I fucked up, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Can't sense. go much lower. <laughs> yeah, no, I just go back and mum would still feed me. She would still put a roof over my head. She'd probably still pay for my fuel. Like, Again, love mums. They're great, like, aren't they? It's just, it's just what you think that it's going to be like the most catastrophic thing that ever happens to your life. If you take a risk in your life, it's never the case. Every risk yep. you take, yes, there's going to be compromises. Definitely the compromises. But most of the time it pays off and it's the most fulfilling feeling that you'll ever have in your life when you're like, you know, if I didn't move up to Catherine, the last four and a half years of my life would have been pretty miserable because right now where I'm at, I couldn't picture myself doing anything else. Yeah. Couldn't picture myself living anywhere else or doing what I'm doing right now. And it wouldn't have happened if I was just like, let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just go all in. Let's just take that risk and just see what happens. Fuck it. <laughs> inspirational stuff. <laughs> Tell me what is the best thing about Catherine? What is the best thing about Catherine? Definitely the community. Yep. It's one of the best communities I've, I've ever been involved in. I have been in many communities, obviously, <laughs> uh, but um, Catherine is a very um, great community. It's a really healing spot. Everyone accepts you for who you are, no matter where you come from. As long as you're a good person, as long as you provide a good service and good value towards the community, you're accepted. Yeah. The next thing about the best thing about Catherine is that the lifestyle, like, man, it's always warm. Like, <laughs> like I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, we looked at our calendar the other day. We've been away eight weekends in a row during the dry season. Like literally we've been away eight weekends in a row. We've been camping. We've been to Darwin. We've been doing this. We've been to waterfalls. We've been all kinds of the lifestyle is amazing. Like we think, and it's wholesome being with nature. Like I fucking hate mm. to say it from a city boy. I never understood that. <laughs> Because I lived in a unit on a highway, if that makes sense. There's no such thing as there's no such thing as nature. Nature didn't exist where I lived, if that makes sense. Nature like, sounds of cars buzzing by. Literally, and trams dinging Healing. and all that kind of stuff. Like, like just being with nature is it's so nice. It's so it's so breathtaking. Like you're like it, it gives you like like that like thing we talked about the before. Like never forget where you come from. Like the the earth or where you are. It's like wow. Like that's where we started. Like. Why are we all of a sudden in skyscrapers and doing all this crazy stuff? Um, so that's another good thing about Catherine. And, and, and the second thing is, is it's just this, this practice. You know, I'm, I'm, I love this practice where I'm at. Like I'm so emotionally invested and my heart's in it. Like it's, it's, it's sort of like my baby, you know, mm. um, it's a big chunk of my life, that, that practice. And it's, um, it's very hard to, to, to picture any other practice, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's probably easier to have that balance in your life as well and feel like you're living a whole good life if you love going to work and you actually yeah. love what you've built there. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I, don't, I think like, I don't know, we, we, we see about all these books about like it's got to be 50% work, 50% life. Like your balance, especially at the start and you're shit at what you do, guess what? Your balance is going to be really skewed, if that makes mm. sense. If you are bad at what you do at the start and you need to learn, 
it's going to be more than 50% of your life is going to be work because you need to get better at it before you can start doing the bounce stuff. Now, if you're not really passionate about what you do and you want to go live in a van and live out of, out of a luggage for six months, go for it. That's your value. That's fine. But if you actually want to professionally grow, it's going to be skewed. It's yeah. never going to be 50-50, especially at the start because you've got so much to learn and so many mistakes to made and so many hard conversations to have to yourself and your, to your community. Yeah, that's solid advice, hey. Is you, you've but, got to got to get in and strike that balance and got to take some L's and some W's along the way as well, hey. Yeah, and like if you want to have that perfect balance, cool, work your ass off and get good at it so they can do things efficiently. Once you do things efficiently, fine, have that balance. Cool, there's no, there's no dramas. It's just like you can't have it both ways. It's just yeah. never the case, if that makes sense. It's just you can't. It's, you physically can't do it, especially at the start. Yeah, for mm. sure, for sure. It's time for our special segment called Something Spicy, where we ask some random rapid-fire questions to our guests, and they have to answer the first thing that comes to their head. Will they be able to handle the heat? Let's find out. So the first one, right, you have to choose one for the rest of your life. This is this is the thing. Okay. Crocs, socks or sandals, or Vivo barefoots? Crocs. Crocs. 100%. With or without Crocs. Chance. No, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm happy either way. Crocs for sure. Okay. 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 Solid answer. I thought that's what you were going to lock in, but you can never be sure. We love it um, up here. The next one is your number one ick. Um, number one ick. Oh, mm. I'm a pretty, pretty easy. Like I'm, I'm just pretty chill when it comes. To, oh, actually, I do now. Dishes, <laughs> dishes in the sink that hasn't been washed. Oof! I thought oh, can't deal with that. <laughs> Was that a sneaky dry rate? I cannot <laughs> deal with it. It doesn't happen because if she does leave it there, I just clean it. Oh, it doesn't wow. happen. Yeah. So no, like di- dirty dishes in the in the sink that hasn't been washed and just it's been left there for it's a couple on. of yeah, it's not on. Wash as you go. On. Seriously, do yourself a favor. <laughs> wash as you go. Trust me, it's the best habit to get into. Hundred uh, percent. The third one is favorite Harry Styles song. I know oh. this is going to be tough for you. Oh, that's a, that's a really tough one. Actually, I know. Yeah. Oh, favorite Harry Styles song. Oh, I can't have two answers, can I? Can I can I can I can I, can I split the can I split the, the question into not really how favorite, the game works, Dom. Favorite but... current and favorite of all time. As I said. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, I'll allow okay, it. Okay. Favorite of all time, son of the times. Great track. Oh. His 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 debut. Beautiful. We did a lip sync battle to that one. Yeah, exactly. It's a great track. <laughs> it still holds true to my heart. The current one, late night talking. I actually think I agree with you on both fronts. That's there. a groovy track, man. I I, I think um, if you played that, it'd be you know the you'd have to you'd have could to could be an outro song for us there. I think it might be. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great it's a great tune. Really. <laughs> the fourth one is arguably the biggest question. <laughs> Ariel or Jasmine? Which one? Are you, which one are you going for? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. Oh, that's really tough. Damn, I'm gonna have to go to Ariel because. Oof. Yeah, that's that, that's that's obviously not the little, choice I would have made. That's but. that's Little Mermaid, I'm assuming. No, yes, am I am I am I on the right track here? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, but, right. But I think I think the only reason why I choose her, I have to justify myself here because they're very close, is the song that she does <laughs> where she's <laughs> fantasizing about having feet and walking the earth. That is a great track. Powerful. Yeah. Like name it name a track that's better with jazz. You've got a foot fetish, don't you? That's what this is about. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just want her to have feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them feet. Yeah. Um, the last question I have for you is your favorite question to ask other people. And what did you have for breakfast? I had uh poached eggs with avocado on sourdough that I made myself. So hipster these days. Oh, it was it was well. It's hipster to buy it at a, at, a, at a cafe. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not that hipster to make it yourself. I think. I think that's, that's understandable. That, 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 that's where the line is drawn. Yeah. Important um, differentiation to make. It was, for sure. It was delicious. I, I knew I had to do a couple podcasts today, so I was like, I need something to fill me up. And I reckon poached eggs, avocado on sourdough toast. It fills you up the whole day. Take it to the almost, bank. 
yeah, literally, you can say goodbye to lunch. Like, no, I don't need that shit. Okay, I'm going straight to dinner because that stuff is filling. So. Oh, amazing. Well, that is all of my spicy questions. Uh, I hope I did the, the segment some justice, but I'm actually really looking forward to listening back to this podcast later, ignoring my own voice and just listening to some of the things you've said because I think there's some real gems in there. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I I really appreciate your time, Elise, and thank you so much for doing this. I mean, I mean, obviously, I was I was a bit hesitant on um, on doing it at the start, uh, but um, thank you so much for putting your hand up and being like, "Yep, I'll do it." And I had a great time, and I, I hope you did too. Yeah, absolutely. It's been good fun. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're curious and engaged in what we do and want to find out a little bit more, please leave a comment, add us on social, or you can find us on chiropracticlife.com.au. We can't wait to hear from you.